This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hello, mindful listeners. Thanks so much once again for making us part of your day. I'm so excited about today's show. And I say that every time, but it's the truth. I love talking to these folks and these topics that I think are so important for our modern day to help us open our minds and help us use our minds even better to make great choices for ourselves, our loved ones, when it comes to all the different things out there, our health, our wellness, our Um, I would say eudaimonia. Eudaimonia is this word that I found when I was looking up what the word healthy meant. And a eudaimonia actually just means humans flourishing. Um, Because when I was looking at what the word healthy meant, I didn't, I was underwhelmed with all the definitions. You know, it was, it it seemed to me like it was like either healthy or unhealthy, good or bad, black or white, fat or skinny, all of that stuff. And I'm like, I came across this word eudaimonia. So you, like, like euphoria or youth thyroid, so good. And then demonious spirit. So it just means good spirit. So thanks for being here. And I want to get right into our show today. It's all about, listen up, because we all need it, the digital detox plan. Now, we've been talking about detoxification for a long time, especially in the last decade, where we know that our environment is full of plastics and pesticides and car exhausts and soaps and emulsifiers and household cleaning products. And you know, health and beauty aids, you name it. There are compounds in our environment that have increased the risk for autoimmune diseases and chronic health issues. And we talk about detoxification because yes, we've got a a great one just built into our body, but the body can be overburdened in a sense. And what's really important for us, I think, in this modern day is to go through a digital detox. So to help us do this, I'm going to bring on Liza Kindred. She is the creator of F This Meditation. Now that is spelled E-F-F. So F This Meditation, where she offers mindfulness practice to cynics, skeptics, and busy people. So I think that covers probably pretty much all of our audience there. She's <laughs> also the founder of Mindful Technology, so she's perfect for this show, where she teaches companies how to build tech that values humans more than machines. You know what, Liza, I'm just going to bring you on to the show because we've got so much more to talk about your bio and what you do, but welcome and thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this today. I love your company, F This Meditation. Um, and I know that, you know, uh, the mindfulness that needs to be practiced by cynics and skeptics and busy people are probably, that's your audience right there. They need it the most. Um, and so thank you so much for what you do, because I think when we practice on ourselves and practice healing ourselves, we practice healing the planet. And I think we all need that assistance and mm. just starting at home. So yes, thank you. Yeah. So, you know, obviously being in practice over 20 years myself, I mean, certainly in the last decade, it's been more and more difficult for me to practice just good old naturopathic medicine, making sure that there is, you know, nutrients on board and lifestyle interventions and, um, you know, like just the basics, clean air, good water, movement, all of that great stuff that is so foundational and, and, and important, um, when it comes to the, the, you know, having a basis for health. But I have to say that it's been more and more difficult for me to um, practice how I used to practice and get outcomes because there's so much more going on in our environment. And I think that our bodies are exposed to so many of these chemicals and things that are making it difficult to heal without excavating 
Yeah, but when it comes to the digital detox, how much time are we actually spending on our screens? Really? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it's funny because uh, I have some what I think are really interesting statistics that I'll share with you and your listeners. Um, but a lot of us think that they don't apply to us. And uh, a lot of times when we do a little bit of tracking, we're shocked to find out that they actually do. So some of the numbers I want to share is that on average, and these numbers are a couple of years old, so it's probably gotten worse, to be honest. But on average, we're spending about 11 hours hours a day on our screens and about three and a quarter hours a day on smartphones. Oh, 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 my dear. <laughs> that's, that, that's a lot of time. That is it's a, lot a lot of time. of time. And we can compare that to we're spending on average about 34 minutes a day with our family. So <laughs> which is not, you know, a good ratio necessarily. And if we look at it over the course of a year, we're looking at using those numbers, we're looking at spending about eight and a half days a year with our family and about 50 days a year with our phones. Wow. 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 You know, well, you know, I love the stats and I'm and I trust you, but I kind of don't need them because I can actually go out to have dinner with my with my partner and I will sit and be completely distracted because I'm in awe of other yes. couples doing the same thing. But guess, guess what they're doing? They're literally <laughs> sitting with each other. I mean, on their phone, and only sometimes break to even look watching at the menu. a show, right? Like someone's yeah. watching football, and someone's watching Netflix. It's like, why are you together right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh my gosh. So I guess we have to eat, right? So you go out, but my gosh. Um, so all right, so a digital detox. What I think it's really important. I think we all need it. What benefits do you think folks get when they do a digital detox? What are we going to see? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the number one thing is what you're just describing, which is kind of re-engaging with this human connection. Because regardless of all the things that are happening with technology, we are still human beings and human bodies, and we've got emotions, and we have a need for connection. And so if we're able to kind of extricate ourselves even a little bit from our screens and from our devices, we have this beautiful connections that we can reinvigorate. And also, I think that it, a kind of side benefit that to me is a wonderful thing is that we can feel less guilty because a lot of us end up, we know we kind of shouldn't be on screens as much as we are and we feel really bad about it. So if we're able to get it kind of under control, we don't have to have those bad feelings anymore and we can focus more on those deep connections and we get a lot of time back too. Yeah, it's so ha habit forming, I think though. It's like, you know, sometimes it's like, why do you think it's so addictive? I mean, because I, I really do think it is just it's it's um it's a habit. Folks are just they, they don't know what to do anymore with their mind or their it thoughts is. or their and feelings. You know, yeah. And if there's one thing I could really spread the word about, it is that technology is intentionally designed to be addictive. It's not a personal mm. character flaw. If we're like, oh, I can't really put my phone down. It's like there are people, there are millions, billions of dollars that are going into research to make our phones really addictive. And then when they're addictive, we kind of tend to beat ourselves up, but it's intentional and it's systemic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty in, in, intense. Uh, I, I remember there was this, um, you know, incredible post on Facebook. I'll just say it's like, a, and it was it was about a stat, like kind of a stat that you were talking about, and it was somebody posting, you know, how much we've gotten into using screens and how, you know, much time we're spending on screens, and they encouraged everybody to share. And I was just giggling at the mere idea that you're using 
the 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 format itself that you're kind of picking on <laughs> and encouraging right. people to use more of it so they can share about how much. And I was like, oh, we are definitely in a conundrum here. Because yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. We have an Instagram account for mindful technology. And we're, like every once in a while, we post something that's like, get off Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, well, it's how you reach people, but it's almost like, how can we then if we reach them and, you know, really um, get them to do the behaviors, to take the break and to take the cleanse and to take the detox that they need so much. But um, so I want to ask you a question because uh, I, I've never bought one of these, you know, gadgets that sit, but, but one was given to me, I think it was in a swag bag at some conference that I went to. And it's those, you know, one of those little Alexis's or what have you. And so Mm. I only use it if I'm going to be in the kitchen and we've got people over and I want to say, hey, Alexa, please play, you know, 80s disco. Um, And that's only when I use it. And then I unplug it because um, oh, good for you. Yeah. (laughs) I heard that they're spying on us and our phones might be spying on us as well. Now, I feel like I could give you point blank examples of why I feel this way. But is that just paranoia or is this real? It is absolutely real. Uh, One of the things that can be really shocking for people is uh, people, I hear over and over again, people say, oh, it was so weird. I was just talking about something with someone and then I got an ad for it. Oh, I must be being paranoid. (laughs) That is not paranoia. So a lot of these, for instance, free games that we download to our phones that aren't costing us a thing, or so we think, uh, a lot of those will say like, hey, can I get access to your microphone for whatever reason? Uh, Or sometimes they don't even ask, and when (gasps) we download an update. So those games are making their money because they're selling information to advertisers about what they're hearing in your private life. And that is real. That is, it's not even a secret anymore. It used to be rumored in the technology industry and lots of people denied it, but now it's just out there. We know that it's happening for sure. It's not paranoia. And the devices like you're talking about, like the Alexa or, you know, Facebook has these devices now. I can't imagine wanting to let Facebook into my home and giving them permission to turn on a camera and microphone in my home. Mm -mm. (laughs) Don't do it, friends. Uh, But they're these that these things that are like inexpensive or free are costing us an enormous amount in different ways, which is our privacy and our security and information about our lives and our health. So, you know, now that you say that, of course, I've had apps, but in my opinion, those apps require my microphone. Like, let's say it, I don't know. Now, are you telling me that perhaps some of these folks that ask for permission to my microphone are actually using what they hear to sell to advertisers to get you know to just do market research as far as yes. those advertisers okay wow and these yeah, yeah. and it's funny because you don't think about it as a consumer because usually the apps that I'm allowing use to my microphone um, I'm I'm thinking that that app actually requires using my microphone do you know what I'm saying Right. And maybe sometimes it does for other reasons. And so it's one of the things that we do when we're kind of doing these digital detox things is we have our clients go in and open up their phone and just look and see which apps have access to your microphone right now. And does it make logical sense that they need it? (laughs) It's a good place to start. Like Tetris or whatever game probably doesn't need access to your microphone. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So 
on that, what are some other practical, like hands-on easy tips that people can do to really start this digital detox? And is there a full-on blown out detox program that you put folks on? Tell me more about this. As I'm reaching for my smartphone to look at how many apps have access to my (laughs) microphone. Please, I've got some other things for you to do while you're on your phone. So, (laughs) I mean, full blown, you could do like some people just get rid of smartphones entirely, and and um, and just use what we call feature phones, or some people call dumb phones, which is a phone that can just like make phone calls and text, which is really all you need. so that's kind of a full-blown direction to go in. Definitely, like even though I've been working in technology for a really long time, I don't have any devices in my home that can listen to me. I don't have any. If it says smart, uh, it's probably someone, it's probably a device that's gathering information about you. Right, right, uh, right. But there's really, really easy things that we can do. And it, we don't have to go all the way there. We can just start with little baby steps, which to be honest, are the most effective anyways, to take little baby steps towards something. So the number one thing that I tell people to do is to turn off all notifications that are not from a human being in real time. So what comes past is text messages or phone calls from actual real people. We allow those mm. notifications, but to turn every other notification off. We don't want to get interrupted by social media, by the news, by you know apps that want you to come and open them up and play games or do whatever. All those notifications should be turned off because they're just interrupting you. I will sit with patients who you know who come in and they, you know, they put their phone on my desk right by them. And it's the most distracting thing. They don't turn the ringer off. So they're getting, they're getting (laughs) notifications from Instagram. They're getting notifications from LinkedIn. They're getting notifications from Google. They're getting notifications from Facebook. And it's, it's nonstop. I I literally like, I'm like, I have to say something because I'm so distracted just in my flow with what I do and how I work. Of course. I mean, that's, they're designed to distract us. Right. So that's, you know, they're doing that. And then we have all these studies that show that we can't even, we can't focus when there's a phone. It doesn't even have to be our phone. Exactly. Like you're saying someone else's phone and we're just not able to go deep in our minds. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Okay. So going all in is getting a dumb phone. So we we might not be there yet, but first step, uh, besides understanding who's listening in your microphone is definitely going in and turning off notifications that aren't in real time by humans. Yeah, that aren't actual people. Yeah. And there's a few other small things that we can be doing. So what we're kind of trying to do is intentionally create some friction. We want to actually put some friction in there. So another thing we can do is to actually put our phones into grayscale mode, which makes them super boring. (laughs) they still function. uh, But if we put them into grayscale mode, then we're not as interested in them. We can also hide all of the apps that we tend to feel a little bit addicted to. Hide them in a folder. Make it so that they're not there on your home screen so you don't see them. So you have to actually go searching for them. Uh, Hmm. You know, even better would be to not do anything on your phone that you can do on your computer. So even if it's social media, that's something we can do on our computers. Anything that we can move off of our phone and onto our computer is going to create a little bit more friction and make it so that we're just a little bit more breaking those addictive patterns. Interesting. Yeah, because the phone is so accessible. It's in your pocket. It's in your back pocket. It's in your purse. It's right with you all the time. But if you have to like physically go to your computer, maybe on your desktop or what have you, it's an extra step. But it it, it takes a commitment to those types of things, correct? 
It does. It definitely does. But we can just do one at a time. Another one that can be really helpful is uh, if if we're addicted to Netflix, which I might be. Uh, <laughs> one of the ways that I intentionally create some friction for myself is that I give myself a five-minute rule where I don't let things roll from one episode into another. I stand up and do something else for five minutes. So maybe it's just loading the dishwasher and maybe it's, you know, writing a thank you note or whatever, walking around the house. Just five minutes I have to wait before the next show, which helps me know, yes, I do want to keep watching or I don't. So <laughs> you can call that breaking the binge. It's like Exactly. Exactly. Breaking the just, binge. <laughs> and you, you know what? It's for me at least, I like this trick because I'm not, I don't have to convince myself to stop watching. I'm like, I'll see you in five minutes, Netflix. I'll be right back. And so it's not, I'm not having to say goodbye. I was saying goodbye for now. But then once I get off and get to doing something else, half the time I'm like, eh, I'd rather do this other thing anyways. Oh, that's a great tip. You know, because it's, I feel like it's such a slippery slope where, oh, believe me, in, in this household, we have made so many attempts at boundaries around our digital items and one of them the, the things that were most important for me was like in the bedroom like and and, not, and it's just like yes not only going to bed but it's also it's how you wake up and start your day that has been I've been more sensitive to now so you know we'll implement this kind of rule where it's like okay before you know nothing before like getting your meditation or workout or yoga in like but then here's what will happen coffee in bed waking up hey what's your day like well guess how you figure out your day you grab <laughs> yeah. your you, you grab your phone and you start and then all of a sudden you know the emails are coming in and the texts or if you use your phone for the alarm then you know you look at it and your alarm is going off and you got three texts at, at night and you're like I'm wondering who texts me at night and you're mm. still off and running so it's it's definitely it's 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 a very peculiar situation we're in it really and how is true. We are. Yeah, and you're not alone. A third of people, the first thing they think about when they wake up is their phone. Like the first thing they think about, 10% of people think of their significant other. So <laughs> we have three times as many people that wake up and are like, give me that phone action. <laughs> the, you know, the I'm funny because I feel like, so I do use the phone for my alarm. I, I haven't been able to, to shake that. But I'm kind of funny, and I, I, I feel like I trick myself in the, the early m- morning minutes. If I can clear out my inbox, I feel like the rest of the day is going to be more calm. But I, I feel like I'm just doing one over on myself. I feel like I'm just going in there, cleaning out my inbox, and thinking, but I, I'm still distracted by it. Like, because I wonder if like there's an email where I'm like, oh, that can't be cleaned out. I actually have to pay attention to that. Oh, gosh, now it's on my mind. Oh, now somebody else has set my to-do list for today because it wasn't me and my intentions. It was this email that flooded into my brain while I was like not even awake yet. So it's, it's very interesting. It is, it is funny how our mind kind of becomes an advocate of the technology and tricking us into using it. Um, (laughs) And and that's part of that. um, When I'm talking about it being intentionally designed to be addictive, there's this, there are dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds of what we call anti-patterns or sometimes called dark patterns, which are things that are actually being used, these kind of tricks that are being used to keep us coming back. One of those things is the idea that there's ever there's ever a bottom or that things are finished. Um, 
Oh, for instance, endless scroll, like on social media, we keep scroll, scroll, scroll down to the bottom. It used to be, I don't know, some of your listeners will remember this, that they've been on social media for a long time. There used to be a bottom because it used to be chronological. So you used to, there was a point where you could actually like go through Twitter and get down to the point where you were caught up. That doesn't exist anymore. There's now endless scroll. And it's the same thing with your inbox. I mean, I know that you know this, but it's never going to stay empty for long. Yep. (laughs) No, I know. Oh gosh. You know, you're, you're, you're sort of interesting because you're, um, you're uh, a licensed minister. You're a level two Reiki practitioner, um, a terrible but passionate surfer. Where, where do you live? Um, I'm kind of a snowbird, so I live between New York City and Miami Beach. That's awesome. So Miami, you know, over there where it's warm, not here in Los Angeles, that's the place to surf. Um, yeah. But being in technology and having those, um, those attributes, uh, it seems like it kind of balances you out a little bit. Yeah, you know... I love a lot of things about technology. Like there are there are legitimately truly good things that have come through technology. Technology has helped to close the digital divide. It helps us connect with people around the world. We're able to have all these kind of niche communities and micro communities. And we're seeing technology being used in a lot of uh, revolutions that are taking place. Like there is truly good stuff that's happening with technology. The problem is that it's also being used for bad. And that sometimes people, uh, Deepak Chopra has been going around calling technology neutral, which I love him, but he's wrong about that. You know, it's not neutral. It's not a neutral tool, kind of depending on how we use it. Um, You know, there are things that are rough that are built into it, but we can really use it to make connections of a different kind if we're being thoughtful and mindful about how we implement it. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, these tips are wonderful. I got two questions for you. So I know a lot of folks that are just busy, period, and they're dependent on their phone because they've got kids, you know, that they need to stay connected to. They've got these jobs. Um, Can they take these steps to do uh, this digital detox and use technology less? Is Is it feasible? Yeah, you know, I was thinking a little bit about what you were talking about, how um, in the mornings, checking the emails. And I think it's important to adjust these to the reality of our everyday life. Um, I'm a mom. I My daughter is, she's 20 now, and she's at college. And I know, you know, I know just as well as anyone that I shouldn't have my phone in my bedroom. I actually use a different alarm clock, but I want to know that my daughter can get through to me if something, you know, if she needs to. And so I have do not disturb mode set up instead of putting, turning my phone off or putting it in airplane mode. I have do not disturb mode on, which means that she knows that she can call or text twice and get through. So one of the things that I think is really important is for us to figure out who do we want to have be able to connect with us at any time and then just shutting it down for everyone else. So if we really do need to be available, because let's be honest, sometimes we do. We just take the steps to make sure that it's just those people that get through. Do you think there's a responsibility then on the manufacturers? Because a lot of people probably don't know that. In fact, I know that some of my dear friends don't know that that's the case. They don't put their do not disturb on because they don't want to miss anything. And then I text right. at an inappropriate time, like five o'clock in the morning when I'm up. And they're like, why did you text me? I'm like, why oh, did you put no. it? <laughs> so, but do you think that there's any, um, seriously, do you think that there's any responsibility on the manufacturers to, it's almost like, I, I guess I could liken it to, you know, cigarette manufacturers giving webinars on lung cancer and prevention, you know, or vaping folks, you know, trying to get people off of vaping, you know, seriously, like, do you think that there are any responsibilities with the technology companies to 
um, allow folks to have a little bit more of quality of life around less technology? Yeah, there should be, and they will do as little as possible to prevent themselves from being regulated. <laughs> yes, okay. I mean, I understand you know, that. <laughs> yeah, like they're coming out with things like do not disturb. That's something that's a relatively new feature on the phone that we can set. And that's happening because people are actually starting to delete apps, starting to leave social media because they're feeling fed up and they're feeling like they're being interrupted all the time. So I think that they should, but I think that, uh, you know, they're the ones creating this addictive technology. But we can't really count on them. You know, it's so funny. When I first got my smartphone, I was, um, I was, re- I, well, not was, I'm really into fitness. And so I just thought any app I could get, I got. And I was like, what the heck was I thinking? Because now, you know, there's updates for all these apps and there's dings for all these apps. And I'm like, so I'm oh, as clean gosh. and lean as I can be. But when I first started out, just being ignorant, had no idea idea that I have control over these things and less is definitely more. So if people want to take this little digital detox a little bit further, what can they do? Yeah, so I think the most important thing is that we kind of remind our brains that we can be okay when we're not connected to technology, specifically our phones. So we can take a little bit of time or a lot of time to spend away from our phones. It could be just taking a walk around the neighborhood for 20 minutes or half hour with your phone at home, just breaking the cycle, getting to the point where a lot of people will choose a day, oftentimes it's a Saturday or a Sunday, to not be on their phone at all. I do what I call a social media or a news cleanse, where I take every January and every August, and I don't read the news, and I don't log on to social media for a month, which helps me kind of remember that my life exists outside of this stuff, and I will be okay. Yeah, wow, that's great. Okay, so if I know folks that I want to sort of mention about Liza Kindred and mindful technology and F this meditation and this digital detox um, uh, without having to harp on them. Like I'll introduce it all, tell them to listen to the podcast. How can I help them? I think the best way to help people is by example. You know, I think what I've, one of the things I've noticed is that when I'm out, like I'm having drinks or I'm having dinner with a friend or a loved one, and if I keep my phone away, they'll almost always someone sets it on the table the way you're talking about, and then they'll pick it up every time it dings or whatever. But eventually they'll say, I'm sorry, because I'm not doing the same thing. They'll say, oh, I'm sorry. I just, there's this thing, you know what, I'll just put this away. <laughs> and they, you know, when they see that it's possible and they see that, um, that I'm happy without it, um, the kind of example gets in there and leads. We can also do things like I have a phone box in my house. And when my daughter was a teenager, I used to do this thing that they would always groan about, but then they would do it where when they were all hanging out in a group, I would bring out the phone box and I would just reach my hand out and I would take their phones and I would put it in a box and like not, I wouldn't take it away entirely. I would just set it on top of the fridge. I would say, your phone is right here. If you need to check it, you can. But they would be like, oh, I don't want to give up my phone. And then they would all (laughs) give up their phone. And then they would like play a board game or something, you know? I mean, sometimes we just have to give people the excuse to be able to do it or the example. Wow. That's great. All right. So lead by example. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that that was coming, but thanks so much for putting extra pressure on me. I appreciate it. All right, Liza Kindred. All right, folks, listen, you can find more out about this digital detox at fthismeditation.com. That's E-F-F thismeditation.com. And also about Liza at Liza, L-I-Z-A, Kindred, K-I-N-D-R-E-D.com, www that is. 
And thank you so much once again. Folks, mindful listening and mindful medicine and mindful technology go all hand in hand. Less is more. I think we're all starting to realize that you can do a digital detox. I really appreciate you being here once again. Thanks for listening. And we're going to see you you next time. Bye-bye. Yes.